some statistics in a moment, but a few of my mates that I've been friends with for 30 years, we're doing what's called the push-up challenge. <laughs> Challenging. We're doing 3,188 push-ups in the month of July. Yeah. As you can see, I'm doing well. One week in. I'm at Hillsong all week. I'm doing, like, some days were 200, some days were 150. They're all around stats, around male, uh, it's for mental health, men's mental health, and to, to, to make some awareness about our, our current epidemic. It's an epidemic. So a few of the boys, which is great they're doing it, um, and, and they asked me to be involved, and I said, yep, let's raise some money and, and make some awareness, and I'm praying and declaring each day over men, um, and, and women, but this thing specifically for men, because the stats around men is um, the suicide rate for men. There's um, three times the amount of men are killed, uh, die in Australia through suicide. Three times the amount of being killed in car accidents. Full on. So we're doing this push-up challenge, and it's it's it is really challenging. But but people battling with these sort of thoughts are, are really challenging. I just want to read some stats, and then we're going to launch into what I feel like the Lord wants to highlight today. One in seven Australians will experience depression in their lifetime. One quarter of Australians will experience anxiety, an anxiety condition, in their lifetime. One in sixteen Australians is currently experiencing depression. One in seven Australians is currently experiencing an anxiety condition. Every day in Australia, six men die by suicide. I said this stat, the number of men who die by suicide in Australia is nearly three times the number of all who die in road accidents combined. 300, uh, 3,188 men die each year from suicide. So six today. So can we stand to our feet? We're going to pray for the, for the six today. Is that okay? So I'd like you to put something on your lips. Yeah, just put something on your lips. You might just say no, because he's given you all authority. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 19, hey, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you say no to will, will, not, will be forbidden. Whatever you say yes to will be permitted. So let's lift our voice and we're just gonna declare hope and life and peace. God, you actually, you're staring at, at people all over Australia that are struggling right now. And the reality is there's a handful in here. So right now, we declare peace and life over every thought. We take thoughts captive. I thank you that the true context of that verse is for people that don't know you, for every, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So we take thought, every captive right now in Jesus' Name, we stand in the gap for people. It's not okay. So we pray for those people that are struggling, that are hurting, that they would find peace and hope in Jesus. And that what matters to you, God, would matter to us. In Jesus' name, grab a seat. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's it's not an external deal. It's not a circumstantial deal. It's not a situational deal. It's not a material deal. This, This issue... This struggle with the the inside of us is an internal thing. It's an immaterial deal. 
It's this hidden part of us. And if we think that there's an exception with what the world experiences and what the church experiences, we're grossly mistaken. And the Lord's been stirring us as a body over the last two years, as a church over the last two years, to to really have a look at what we're believing, what we're focusing on, what we're actually embracing, and and looking at our, our body, our makeup, this triune truth that we are body, soul, and spirit, that He's Father, Son, and Spirit. There's something about an understanding and an awareness of what we are and who we are, and that we are a physical body, that we do have a soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, and our spirit. And so often in, in church, we can just focus on the prayer and the worship. So often we can focus on just, just pray and you'll be fine. And then we can flip over this side and we can go, hey, you've got to look after your body. Fitness is important. But there's this crucial element that I feel like God's really breathing back and bringing back into the church. And it's this whole idea of our inner world. It's the whole idea of our, the, the, the hidden part of us that nobody sees. Because we know people, I've had friends that on the outside look fine. And we understand that that doesn't mean anything, but yet we're still surprised. We're still shocked when we hear of news or, or, or struggling or it's like, oh, wow. Like we, we got shocked at Robin Williams. It's like if there was a picture of comedic brilliance and fun and life and hope in the dictionary through the arts, he'd be in the top 10. But we, don't, we didn't see the battle that was behind closed doors. I just want you to know that, that Jesus sees it all. We've been talking about leaving being uh, outcome-minded people and becoming process-driven people, where we're actually come to a point where we're like, oh, wow, we're on a journey and Jesus is present in the process, not just at the end, waiting for us to finally get ourselves together and then he'll applaud us. But he's actually, with every step, encouraging us with our inner world because we've got to understand that our inner world, the hidden part of us, is actually the the seedbed that revival will grow from. Make no mistake, the, the gifts of the Spirit are amazing. We believe in them all. We believe that they're going to increase in the name of Jesus. But the fruits of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These gifts, kindness, peace, love, patience, this inner world stuff, this hidden part of us, it's more important. The character side of us, this part that no one sees, that that we keep the door closed. We talk about boundaries a lot, how boundaries have doors in them because they let people in. I tell you what, this hidden part of us, We love walls. Perhaps with a door, but with a key and a lock on one side. And every now and then we'll open nuts too hard. So this epidemic that Australia is facing, it's not just 
for people that don't believe in Jesus. It's in the church as well. It might not be anxiety disorders and it might not be diagnosed, diagnosed depression. It might not be, but it might be. And there's no shame on that. There's no what's going on. Why don't you believe? You're no good. There's none of that. There's the Jesus model, hey, come here. There's people that love you and that will actually, when you open up, they'll go, me too. You know, a while back I was just going through stuff and I actually Googled what's a panic attack. And I rang Justin Stockman, who's coming out, who's just a, a, a great friend just, in, just with my heart and soul and, and, and my whole inner world. And, and I rang him and I said, I Googled um, what a panic attack was. And he, he beautifully laughed and said, because you Googled it, you had one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> And uh, it was just a really challenging time. Just before I went over to Bethel, actually, um, I just had some, some stuff in me that wasn't nice. Like I was believing a lie that I had to create my own happiness. And I knew I was going over to find a youth pastor, but there was something there that, that I'm going to America. And this was actually fulfilling something in me that Jesus wasn't. And I had this whole big weird thing happen for like three days where I was really anxious. It was intense. I couldn't shake it. And I knew it was different. I've had a fear of flying before, um, which I'm about 87%, which is good. But I, I, it was different to fear of flying. It was this thing that I'd never experienced. And, and it, it was overwhelming me. It was so intense. And I, and I went on a, and then we, we prayed and talked and he challenged me. And, and, and God just really just whacked me in a great way about um, I'm your source. And, and, and you don't actually need that to fulfill this. And I was believing a lie. And it was all to do with the stuff. You can see me preaching. You can see me dancing. You can see me worshipping. That's all real. But there's, there's another, I'm not going to say there's another side to us. But there's another part of us that no one sees. And we can do this. We can do, I'm good. See you next week but it doesn't negate the fact that there's stuff going on that isn't okay and we're struggling with. So I found myself, God, just doing this number on me where I, I didn't want to go. I got to a point where God whacked me so hard in a great way and He revealed stuff in me that I, oh, I don't want that, God. I don't want that. Like David in um, Psalm 139, 23 to 24, God, can you check my heart and, and, and test and look and search out all my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. That was David's cry. He was a warrior. He was a king. He was anointed. He was called by God. He was loved by God. God nicknamed him out of everyone in the whole Bible, the man after my own heart. He killed someone he slept with someone that wasn't his wife. He murdered it to cover it up. He messed up. But he was so vulnerable in asking the Lord to change the way that he think, thought. He went to God and said, God, create me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Return to me the joy of my salvation. 
Check my heart, God. So I found myself, I found myself in this vulnerable place where I had to swap this whole idea of who's my source. And it was an internal thing. I couldn't worship it away. I couldn't pray it away. Did I do those things? Yeah. We have to lean in. Prayer, prosuke, the Greek word, is to come really close, face to face. Pros, to be with, the Greek word. UK is that I'm making a vow kind of deal. I'm giving you my life kind of deal. And these two words of I'm coming close, I'm being with you, and I'm giving you my life, that's prayer. That's the context of prayer. That's what the Greek word means, prosuke. Then we've got the Greek word proskunio, which is worship, which is a kissing towards, a bowing down in reverence and pouring out our life of love. So these two words, prosuke and proskunio, I did those two things, but it wasn't enough because we're body, soul and spirit. And yes, his word, Hebrews 4.12, you know that scripture, the word of God is sharp and powerful, it's alive and active, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. We understand that. But there was something going on and he was, he was swapping what my source was. And I got to the point where I didn't want to go because I felt like I was going to miss my family. And it flipped on its head. And I remember catching the flight. I did it because I had to go. We bought the ticket and we're going to find a youth pastor. And I remember being at Sydney Airport. And I was so anxious still, but it was a weird, and the anxiety flipped where I didn't want to leave Lee and the kids. That God had almost transformed me in three days in my way of thinking. And I wasn't being selfish because I was really selfish. And I did some other things that I might share another day, but just want some wisdom on it. You know what I mean? There were some other things leading up to that, that I was just setting the trip up so I could do some great things. I didn't tell Lee about it. Because I thought I had to create my own happiness. I had to do things so that I would be fulfilled. And God started flipping it around. In three days, I was uncontrollably crying in Sydney Airport. Couldn't talk. Talking to Justin on the phone. Because I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I want to miss my kids now. Like, so, I don't know. Like, three days earlier, I'm like, eh, I'm just setting this trip up. It's going to be awesome going to America. And, and, it, and it just flipped on its head because I just allowed him in to a journey. And there's another 70 things in my life that I'm working on. But this whole idea of the inner world, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. The heart's more than an organ, guys. The heart is more than an organ. I just want to read a scripture. I'm probably all over the place but there's, I'm not really into professional polished sermons. I really value them and there's a place for them. And I put stacks of effort in. But there's a time when we just got to go, let's just go with this, eh? I want to read Proverbs 4. We know Proverbs 4.23, don't we? Yeah, we know that. Come on, guys. Actually, one at Louis Giglio, he stole my thing. You know, I always tease scriptures being on grandma's pillow, stitched into them. 
and like on coffee cups and magnets on the fridge and we become immune to those scriptures and then they don't have power because whatever the value we place on it determines the power the scripture has. That's true. So if we value something, it's going to have power. It's like a prophetic word. To the degree that you value it and embrace it will determine the power that it has in your life. So it's the same as scripture. So this scripture, Proverbs 4.23, you know it. I really feel like the Lord's going to just shine on it a little bit more today. But I want to give some context, which I've never done. Often we just love those, those classic popular Christian scriptures, but often we don't read the context around it, which is really important to see the setting, to see the environment that, that whoever was, was declaring these words, what, what was the context of the day? Why was he saying it? What was the opposition? What was the, the prophecies around that? What were they believing for? It's really important to see that so we can see the setting. Proverbs 4.20, let's look at 20 and we'll go past 23 and then we'll land on verse 27 and then we'll just highlight a couple of things around this inner world part of us that I feel like the Lord wants to bring up and out. Is that okay? So Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 27 in the New Living Translation. If you're taking notes, you can look it up later. Won't be on the screen because, yeah, it was a mess all week. I had 10 options. My child, pay attention to what I say. It's big. Listen carefully to my words. This is God to us. This is Solomon, Proverbs. I'll start again. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. 22, for they, the words, bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. To their whole body. Now verse 23, we know this one. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Verse 24, avoid all perverse talk. Step away from corrupt speech. Verse 25, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. What's in your hand? Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. We know that. We know what the safe path is. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. This is amazing. So Solomon, this book of wisdom, this book of truth, this, this book of presenting, if, if we can get our hearts and our heads around the book of Proverbs, what's being laid down, the book of wisdom, then it's going to go a long way to living a life full of victory, success and overcoming. And, he, and he's like, hey, listen to my words and let them penetrate deeply into your heart. And then he said, guard your heart above all else. That's a massive call. So he's, he's making a statement here that the heart is the most important thing about you. He's saying that this is the, the central part of who you are. He's, making, he, he's put a line in the sand. He could have said, guard your mind above all else. He could have said, guard your spirit. He said, could it, could it guard your soul? He said, guard your heart above all else. Some translations, you know it, for out of it spring the issues of life. One translation says, because it determines everything. 
This whole idea of guarding our heart. Our heart is the filter for our whole world. Our heart is the filter for all the processes. Our heart is the filter for our inner world. Our heart is the process for all the stuff that nobody sees. The heart is more than just an organ. The vision of this church is heaven to earth. That's our why. It's the reason and purpose that we exist, heaven to earth. The how of our church, the how of our church, which are, these are the foundations and filters by which we do everything. When believed and apply, we will see our why become a reality. So we've got our why, which is heaven to earth. Then we've got our how. And if our how is outworked, our why will come to pass. So we've got our why, which is heaven to earth. Everything that He is, everything that He is about, we want to see, we want to echo, we want to imitate, we want to replicate that which we've caught in His presence and His heart and His Word and demonstrate it on the earth. How do we do it though? Because it, it's, an, it's, a, it's a statement, it's a truth, it's more than a concept, it's the words of Jesus, bring heaven to earth, go. How do we do it though? So we felt the Lord breathe on these three words, presence, health, and influence. This is the how of our church. This is how we are going to see heaven come to earth. Because as we've been talking about, heaven to earth is not a lofty thought. It's got to be tangible, measurable, and practical. So the how of our church makes the why of our church tangible, measurable, and practical. The lists about presence, health, and influence is heaven coming to earth because everything in that list is everything that He is about. Does that make sense? So we're going to read this health list today. Then we're going to keep talking about the heart and how we can steward and guard our heart with the area of this health list, which is how heaven comes to earth. If this thing that I'm about to read out is happening in our life and throughout our church, we can say that's heaven coming to earth. Is it everything that heaven is coming to earth? No, because there's a lot in presence. There's, there's the glory of God. There's worship. There's connection. There's face-to-face encounters that mark us forever. Then there's influence. Then there's us going out and, and demonstrating who He is to our friends, lovingly praying for people. We've got all that side of Him as well. But we really feel like this presence, health and influence, this up, in and out, this spiritual, emotional and practical element of this whole deal is what we feel will cover who God is. This up, in and out. Love God as you, and then love your neighbour as you love yourself. This up, in, out. This presence, health, influence. This spiritual, emotional, practical. So let's read this list. You okay? You with me? Our how. This is how we're going to see heaven come to earth in the area of health, which is our inner world. It's our relationship. No, here we go. It's down here. Uh, Presence, that's presence. All right, health. Here we go. Health is our in. It's our inner world, our character, the hidden part of us, the part of us that no one sees. It's our identity 
our transformation, our renewed mind, our belief system, our spiritual growth and maturity. It's where the fruits of the Spirit develop, where we deal with our list of struggles. It's our processing and our perseverance. It's us being self-aware and managing what's going on inside of us. It's being aware of our emotional health. It's knowing what we need from our relationships, knowing how we are truly feeling in our relationship with God and with people. It's where we filter what comes in and what we allow to be entertained in our heart, in our mind and in our life. It's where we remind ourselves of our testimonies, steward our prophecies and embrace His promises. So good. There's a lot in that list. But our prayer is that the why becomes in our heart and then we understand that how it comes to pass is that we start to see this list outwork in our life. When we can start to highlight some of these things that happen during the week, heaven coming to earth. And then it starts to snowball and we share testimonies, how I was disconnected from my sister, but I took a step of vulnerability and honesty. Am I praying? Of course I'm praying. We're spirit to spirit, face to face, that doesn't change. Can I forget about that? Of course I can. Can I go too far right over here into the whole emotional health world? Of course I can. If Jesus isn't in the boat, if He's not in the process, if He's not guiding you through your emotional health journey, then you will need to do it again, which is tragic because He's the author and perfecter. He's the one that made and fashioned your heart. He knows everything about you. He knows, he knows what makes you happy and what makes you sad. He knows what you have justice about and what you celebrate over. He knows everything about you. Psalm 139, boom. He saw you coming and going. He, saw what you, you, he knows what you're thinking about today, whether you think I should have a shirt on as a senior leader or not. Where's his college shirt? And holes in his pants. Did he trip over on the way to church today? You know, Gail Bridgens, yes, I'm going to embarrass you. Gail Bridgens made a note. She goes, did you fall over, Justin? This is a couple of weeks ago. And before I could allow myself to get bitter and put a black cross against Gail's name that would fester for two years, I looked down at Gail's knees. Did you trip over too, Gail? <laughs> Love you. So we've got these thoughts that are constantly consuming our life. And there's three things that speak. There's God, there's us and the devil. Negative, confusing, fearful, full of anxiousness. Anxiety would be the word to use there. That's not God. So that's the devil. Who's in the ear of suicide bombers? This is a great idea. You'll get this if you do it. We have to understand the thoughts. We can have thoughts as well, which are filtered. And often, even during the week, I had 10 options for today. I'm learning as well. God, you just got to ask God and you'll speak. Yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> even this morning, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if this is working. Because <laughs> I had some other options. But God's speaking. 
There's an enemy that's accusing and we have some thoughts as well that make it all just that little bit extra fun. But this whole health deal, it's filtered through the heart. The heart is more than an organ. Luke 2.19, Mary pondered those things in her heart. She didn't ponder them in her mind. She pondered them in her heart. You know what I'm talking about, Luke 2. You know that. Acts 2, you know the context of Acts 2. They were pierced to the heart. So she pondered those things in her heart and, and those people that encountered the Holy Spirit falling that were freaked out, they were pierced to the heart because their dreams were coming in front of them. Ephesians, Paul says, the eyes of your heart. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Mitch, could you jump up, mate? That'd be great. Um, Luke 24, 32, after the resurrected Christ, yes, he walked around after the cross. Crazy. Do you believe that? It's really challenging. It's really challenging. Like coffins were opened up and people were walking around the city that were dead because of the resurrection. It's really challenging. God, help me believe that. Help me not just say I believe it. Help me believe that. Jesus is walking with them on the road to Emmaus. And then when he left, they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he opened up the Scriptures? Mary pondered in her heart. They were pierced to the heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Our hearts burn within us. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God, it, it judges the motives and the intentions of the heart. The heart is more than an organ. The heart is the gateway to this inner world deal. That's why it's so important that we guard it. It's so important that we guard it, that we protect it, that we become aware to the things that can come in and steal and, and to jab and to, and to poke and to put holes in it. Romans 10.9, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, it's more than just a cognitive deal, believing and receiving Jesus. It's a, it's a confessing that He is Lord, but it's a believing in the heart, which opens up Him coming in and changing our inner world, changing our life, transforming us, that our old nature would then die, Romans 6. It is not alive, it's dead. Lightness and darkness cannot coexist. We have a new nature, brand new nature. Sure, we've got memory. We've got some residue. That's the whole renewed mind process. Be transformed, Paul said. How? By the renewing of our mind. How do we do that? We, we look at lists like this that are found in Scripture of how you live like Jesus. What you think about Jesus, relationally, internally, Guard your heart above all else. The heart is more than an organ. How are we going with guarding our heart? It's not a willpower. I just got to think better. It's a relational, this up, this presence, this I'm yours, God, change me. But then when we're there, it's like, okay, I'll let you in. We can stay here and keep the door closed. We can come here every day and worship and keep the door of our heart closed. We can become professional at it. Oh yeah, bridge. My hands go up during the bridge. Oh, I love this bit. I love the drums building. 
I'm being funny, but it's so real. We can almost have it programmed with the song, when our hands go up and when they come back down. Do I, am I actually, is this an inverting time? Am I receiving? Receive, receive, receive. Oh no, we're back at Him, Jesus. And, and we get caught up with where am I standing and what am I doing and this whole thing, who's looking at me and what am I doing and I can't move a bit or come out the front or dance or they're saying, pat your chest. Who patted your chest today? I, I did. Because <laughs> I want to back her. Because she's there for a reason. And there's something on that. And if I don't value what she did, I'm going to miss Him touching my heart, like she said. This is heavy. But make no mistake, He'll allow you to miss stuff that we didn't value. No joke. He's so good all the time. He's non-stop good. His love never dries up. He's constantly pursuing you. His kindness is presented in and around us to help change the way that we think. It leads us to repentance. But He's so intently after our heart and it's more than an organ. That's why Solomon said, above all else. This health list is a really big deal and we're gonna go after this health list for the remainder of the year. It covers heaps. So don't just think we're just talking about vulnerability the whole time. I won't come if we just do that. It encapsulates this whole, this whole part of us that no one sees. And if we don't get this, forget sustained revival. Forget sustained fruitful evangelism. Forget influence. Forget the outward, honestly. Yeah, we can have little spurts and spasms of influence. We can have little, little bursts, little things to celebrate. But we're not into that. We wanna see a cultural social awakening where people, Romans 15, 21, those that were never told about Him, those that never understood will. Romans 15, 21, it's a prophecy for some of you. Those that were never taught about Him, they will understand. That's what we wanna see. And if we don't get this middle part of us right, we can pray and soak all day long and neglect this inner world and try really hard to, to do the stuff because we're told to and we'll implode. And I've seen it happen to me. My par average pastor last seven years. It's because we can become professional and we only talk about the spiritual God stuff that we think spiritual and God. But I'm gonna read this. This is John. He wrote a lot of books in the Bible. Let's stand to our feet. Okay, so this is 3 John. 3 John. He says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects, say all. I pray that in all respects you may prosper. Say prosper and be in good health. Say health. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So He's not, he's not swinging the pendulum like we love doing. 
Well, it's all about emotional health now. I'm not into that. But if we don't have the heart and our inner world in its right place, where God's actually using it as a filter for us to grow and become the person that can actually handle the dream in our heart, then we're only gonna see bursts and it's gonna be a yo-yo lifestyle. And I, and I put my hand up and say, it's the scariest, hardest thing to do on the planet. But the Lord's saying this morning that we've come to a tipping point in our church and in our life of those who call this church home, where we've got to let God in and we've got to let people in. Doesn't mean 20 people. Doesn't mean you're sharing your story up here. One person. It's my great prayer. You know it's our prayer that every single person in this church will get to a point where we approach one person every single day. Like every single day. And then it'll be going like two, three, four, five every single day. And we'll, we'll approach hundreds of thousands of people every single day. That will happen. And we're not doing this inner world stuff so that that happens. The circles are separate, but they do intertouch, intertwine. But the Lord is going to help us with this whole deal. And it's not what you think it is. We've had experiences about even using the word vulnerability and honesty and transparency authenticity, all these words that end in why. And you're going, why do I have to do this? Because our heart is the, the soil for revival. So Holy Spirit, would you help us guard our heart? Would you help us acknowledge that we all have a list of stuff going on, which often is in contrast to the enormous kingdom God list of testimonies, prophecies and promises that we have in our heart as well. Would you help us guard our heart, Jesus? Would you help us be like David that says, God, test my heart and check that there's no anxiety in there and lead me into the way that you think. Could we be like David, who was a man after God's own heart that didn't shy away from being honest with God? He knows what's going on anyway, but the power is in sharing it. And there's a next level power when we share with one person. So we're gonna be praying through this next few weeks. Seth's gonna really kick us off with the area of health. But we're gonna be praying over the next couple of weeks and, and just putting some things in place where we can actually see this, this health list start to play out and we can hit 2020 with a bang, knowing that we're stewarding our heart well.